Welcome to Donnacloney Parish Podcast. If you want to know more information about the parish, how to support us, or for other social media, please go to www.donnacloneyparish.co.uk. Thank you. We're looking today at Psalm 51, and in that psalm we hear a, a deep call, a, a very loud call, a very real call to live holy lives. And in this psalm there's a sense where deep cries to deep, it's a deep prayer of David, where he prays, create in me a clean heart, O God. There's a little verse in 1 John that I've always found very challenging and also really helpful. Actually, two verses, verses 8 and 9 of 1 John, chapter 1, where we read, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Those little verses are sobering verses. They're a ground leveler because they make it so clear that we're all the same. All of us, that we're all sinful, rich, poor, black, white, regardless of our political allegiance or our social status or our educational achievement or our wealth or our poverty. We are all sinful. We are all sinful men and sinful women. And if we think that we have not sinned, we're wrong. Uh, We're deceived. Uh, John tells us we don't know the truth. And so in this psalm, today, Psalm 51. The first thing that we note here is that David knows the truth. David knows the truth about himself and David knows the truth about God. That's very clear in the opening verses that David knows the truth about himself. Verses 3 to 6. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. We need to know the truth about ourselves. Each and every single one of us have sinned. All of us, without exception, have sinned. Well, except for one person, Jesus the Christ. He was and is the sinless Son of God. David had, in one act, actually broken five of the Twelve Commandments. He had coveted. He had wanted what wasn't his, another man's wife. He had let his lustful gaze settle on her beauty. His status and his power meant that he was able to send for her and he committed adultery with her. To cover his tracks, he had to go further than he intended and so he arranged to have her her husband murdered. So far, four commandments broken. Commandment number 10, you shall not covet anything that belongs to your neighbor. Commandment number 8, you shall not steal. Commandment number 7, you shall not commit adultery. 
Commandment number six, you shall not commit murder. And now he goes on to conspire to cover up the facts. But the fact is he was a lawbreaker. And the fact is that you and I are lawbreakers. We're sinful men, we're sinful women, we're sinful people. David knows that this is true. David is fully aware that he has got it wrong. David is fully aware that he has sinned. He doesn't blame Bathsheba or he doesn't blame the trends of the day. He doesn't blame God. He takes personal responsibility for his own sin. David recognizes the nature of his heart. The word of God comes to David through the prophet Nathan and the word of God convicts him and convinces David that he is a sinful man. David doesn't try to worm his way out of his personal responsibility. He knows, and we read this in 2 Samuel chapter 11, he knows that his behavior and that his heart and what he has done has really displeased the Lord God Almighty. He doesn't argue, well, I'm wired that way, I'm wired, uh, I'm a hot-blooded male. He doesn't say any of that. He doesn't go on to argue, well, sure, everyone does it and all are sinful, all of which would have been true. Now, David feels shame. He assumes personal responsibility. That's really important. Dr. Alec Mateer, in his commentary on these verses, writes, Since it is a merciful God who brings sinners to this place of brokenness and contrition, they can for all their wretchedness be sure that he will not turn them away. You see, David cries deeply from his heart for the mercy of God. And because David knows not only himself, but he knows who God is, he knows that God will not turn him away. Have mercy on me, O God. According to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. David not only knows his sin, but he knows and reminds himself here now in these verses uh, and in his prayer and in his cry to the Lord, he reminds himself what God is like. He reminds himself of God's mercy. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. He's reminding himself here of just the, the vastness and the beauty and the the wideness of God's mercy. And he prays, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. David knows that God is loving, according to your steadfast love. He knows that God is full of love and full of mercy. David knows what John years later would would, would capture in those verses that I mentioned earlier. If we confess our sins... God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. With only the first books of the Old Testament and other 
and, and, and rather their records of God's dealing with his people and how God was a loving, forgiving God. David's cry is, is deep. David's cry is desperate. And David's cry is daring. Daring to come into the presence of a holy God and to ask a holy God to forgive him, to wash him, to cleanse him, to blot out, to wash, and to cleanse his sin. David here knows the facts about himself. He knows that he's a sinner. He knows that he's a, a twisted wrongdoer. He's brutally honest before God. But he knows too who God is, and he knows that God is merciful, and so he cries out to God for God's mercy and for God's forgiveness. And in his prayer, he asks for God's washing. He asks for God's cleansing. And this prayer, his heart before God, gives way, secondly, to now David crying out to God for, for cleansing. Verses 7 to 12. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of my salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. <clears throat> the cleansing and the forgiveness of God in these verses is something that's so, so very real. And the cleansing and the forgiveness of God is something that for you and for me can experientially be so very, very real. R.T. Kendall, a Christian writer and, and speaker, uh, has written many, many books, and one of his books is entitled Total Forgiveness. It's a great title, Total Forgiveness. God totally forgives sins whenever you and I truly and earnestly repent of those sins. In the Book of Common Prayer, we read these wonderful words, that he desires not the death of a sinner, but rather that we would turn from our wickedness and live. I love that. That we would turn from our wickedness and live. The cross on the one hand and the empty tomb and the gift to us of God's Holy Spirit are all a measure of God's love for us, of the total forgiveness that is ours whenever we truly and earnestly turn away from a life of sin, when we truly and earnestly repent and cry out to God for washing and for cleansing, when we truly and earnestly seek the mercy and the cleansing of God and begin to walk with God in a new way, following his commandments and living a clean and a holy life uh, in his strength. David doesn't want God to look into his life and see his sin. We read in verse 9, he prays, Hide your face from my sins 
and blot out all my iniquities. Only God can do for David what David needs doing. And only God can do in you and in me what all of us need doing by way of cleansing and by way of washing. Washing and cleansing in the Eastern culture 2,000 years ago didn't mean buying a bottle of bleach in Asda or a hot temperature wash on our very best washing machine. No, it took hours to engage in the process of cleansing washing materials then, perhaps days, sometimes even weeks of scrubbing. You see, sin goes deep. Sin leads to other sinfulness. One sin leads to another, which leads to more sins. But God's love goes deeper still. God's Calvary love, his blood shed on the cross, cleanses us from all sin. Verse 7 in David's prayer, Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Verse 10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. God's work in us is the work of a new creation. He creates a clean heart in David. Create in me a clean heart, O God. David's turmoil and David's shame and David's sorrow because of his sinfulness is replaced with joy. His joy being restored to him again. Verse 8, let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken Rejoice. Verse 12. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Artie Kendall writes these words. He says, God's style is this. He shows us our sin in order that we will acknowledge it and not justify it, but instead confess it so that we would move on and let the past be past. He continues, we cast our care on God and rely on him to restore our wasted years and to make everything turn out for his good. After David's shame, David, yes, was a man that would continue to have a past, but he also had an incredible future. Verse 13, then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will turn back to you. God's forgiveness enables us to forgive others. That's so, so important that we find grace to receive God's forgiveness and find grace to offer his forgiveness to others. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. God's grace enables us even at times to forgive ourselves. So we move to that place where we're able then to lead others into freedom and into blessing. There's the words of a song that encourages us in this. As the seasons make their turn, 
There's a lesson here to learn. Broken wings take time to mend before they learn to fly again. On the breath of God, they'll soar and be stronger than before. Don't look back into the past. What was fire now is ash. Let it all be dead and gone. The time is now for moving on. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. David discovers here that he's called again to teach God's ways. And we too, out of our own experience of God's cleansing and God's forgiveness, are invited and given the privilege to bring God's help and God's freedom so that others will turn back to God. David's cry we have in these verses. David's cleansing we see in these verses. And finally, we see in these verses that for David there's a fresh commitment. There's a fresh commitment in David's life to lead others to forgiveness, to lead others to freedom, to lead others into fruitfulness. Verse 13. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. David is now committed to help others find the forgiveness that he himself has experienced. He's committed to tell others that they too can be forgiven. He's committed to help others be brought to a place of repentance so that they too can know the mercy and the cleansing of God and the joy of his salvation. Alec Batir writes these words, he says, Who better to pass on the message of forgiveness than a real sinner who himself has really been forgiven, but where humiliation in the process empties his words of all pomposity and gives them a real cutting edge. And what greater privilege does he now have than to tell others the good news of forgiveness? David resolves to not sin again in this way. David prays protection over his heart and over his desires. And he expresses a deep, deep desire to be holy. To not fall into the same sort of pattern of sin again. To break that pattern and that's true repentance that we move on that old habits are not repeated verses 14 and 15 deliver me from blood guiltness O God O God of my salvation and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness O Lord open my lips and my mouth will declare your praises and as David praises God, the author of so many of the Psalms. He will draw near to God. He will come close to God. And we're told that God inhabits the praises of his people. Verse 15, O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praises. David offers himself 
afresh to God. Today, that's the challenge, that's the invitation to me and to you to offer ourselves, maybe for the first time, or to offer ourselves afresh to the Lord God, the Holy God. We read in verses 16 and 17. For you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. So as we conclude this morning, or this evening, I want to read some some words from a prayer in the Book of Common Prayer. I encourage you to invite God's Holy Spirit to come upon you. Maybe even as you're listening, you'd place a, a hand on your heart and pray, Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Enable me to truly repent of all my sin. To be cleansed and to be made holy. To be made pure and to be made righteous so that I too might teach others your ways. Almighty God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who desireth not the death of a sinner, but rather that he may turn from his wickedness and live, and hath given power and commandment to his ministers to declare and pronounced to his people, being penitent, the absolution and remission of their sins. God pardoneth and absolveth all them that truly repent and unfeignedly believe his holy gospel. Wherefore, let us beseech him to grant us true repentance and his Holy Spirit that those things may please him which we do at this present and that the rest of our life hereafter may be pure and holy so that at the last we may come to his eternal joy through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Holy Spirit, do a deep work in each of our hearts and lives. Do a deep work of cleansing and by your mercy and out of your grace, grant that we would know your forgiveness, that we would know that the blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed us from all sin and that Lord God Almighty, your church would be a holy bride for a holy God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Donnacony Parish podcast. We're happy for this teaching to be shared for the advancement of gospel work and to help make disciples. For information about Donnacony Parish, please check out our website www.donnacony.com 
www.clonepairish.co.uk or find us on social media.